Welcome to episode number five of Inbound Sales Journey. I am Gray McKenzie. I'm joined by Ryan Herman. And in this episode, we want to talk about empowering the salesperson with education. Ryan, you excited to dig in here? Uh, yeah, I am. This was uh, something that I actually have been really excited about this episode because it was something that for me transitioning over, um, I didn't have a lot of education in, in regards to inbound. And so uh, this was sort of a tough one for me. So I dive into that a little bit. Um, but it's I think it's also just one of the most important topics to discuss um, to make sure that that the person that is you know selling your product knows quite a bit about it. So apparently that's moderately important. <laughs> just a so, little bit. Yeah, I'm excited to dig in, Ryan, because you have lived through this. Um, for you, you came in with the sales set of skills and then had to learn all about uh, what we were doing, the buyer context um, that we were living in, whereas I kind of did sales as a byproduct of needing to survive and so already had some of the technical skills and then um, like staying up in the industry is a passion that I have um, and the sales side not so much. So I'm excited to dig into this because it's a little different perspective than what I have. So, Ryan, I want to let you kick things off by giving people just the background, essentially, about the education that you had coming into Guava Box around the industry and our services and that kind of thing. So if you could just give us that overview, that'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think I'll go back a little bit to start this. So if you've been following along with the episodes so far, you've heard a little bit about how I was involved in real estate before uh, joining up with Guava Box. So the full story is I worked for the third largest home builder in the country, um, a company called NVR Inc., which is just a giant company based out of uh, Northern Virginia. And so uh, ironically enough, the company, the sub company that, that worked, um, that I worked for underneath them was called Ryan Homes. And so that was their largest um, builder. Uh, they had a few other ones, Heartland Homes and Fox Ridge Homes and things like that. But Ryan was their largest one. So uh, shared the same name. So I guess they decided that was good enough to hire me out of college. <laughs> uh, so did that for a while. I spent uh, two years really just soaking up knowledge um, about new home construction, about you know financing programs. And if you needed to talk about blueprints or about you know, any different type of, you know, mortgage that you can get out there and things like that. Uh, I had a lot of education around that area. And so when we started talking, Gray, about coming to Guava Box and you start talking about inbound marketing, I literally hadn't heard of inbound marketing or HubSpot when we first started talking. And that was probably, uh, probably almost a year ago now when we started having those conversations. Uh, and through the process, um, you know, of, of, learning from you what you guys were doing uh it it started to click a little bit but it was kind of slow and what i did is i made a transition sort of part-time working on the side with guava box because what i didn't want to do was dive in right away um you know without having any education based around what i was selling because even if you're the best salesperson in the world which i am by no means am the best salesperson in the world but if you have any sort of sales skills but no education in what you're trying to do, it doesn't matter. It, you Really, education gives you the ability. And I think, Gray, that's why you guys were probably successful in the beginning, even though you didn't have any formal sales training or anything like that. You just knew what the heck you were talking about so well that people could tell, 
and from there they trusted you enough to to partner with Guava Box. Um, so that was you know really my transition, and I would I would say Gray, and I'll let you chime in on this as well. I would recommend if you are coming in or thinking about hiring someone from a completely different industry and bringing them over into your agency, I would probably recommend doing it part time if they can, if at all possible, to try to pick some things up instead of jumping right into it. Um, even if you have a really good you know, training system in place, which honestly I don't think most agencies probably do. I, I'm, I'm, not to knock you, Gray, at all, but I don't think we had, you know, we certainly didn't have any sort of like formalized training that I was used to, you know, at a larger company like Ryan Holmes and things like that. But I, uh, I enjoyed the part-time transition to kind of get my feet wet uh, in that aspect. For sure. Yeah. If you have the ability to do that, I think that, and one of the things, Ryan, I, um, so we t- last time we talked a little bit about where to, how do you source salespeople? Um, and one of the things, obviously you, we had been good friends for years prior to working together here. So this was a hundred percent through the network. So things were probably a little bit differently different where there wasn't a formal interview process where you had to, um, you know, you had to kind of learn about inbound marketing to impress us during the process. Um, so I, I'm sure there were some peculiarities, but if you can come in, if you're coming in, um, and can, and can spend some maybe, uh, part-time time while you're currently at your job, um, just learning about inbound and what you're going to be picking up. I think that that's helpful. Um, if you're not in a situation where you can just make the jump right away. And so you weren't in a situation where you could just leave, um, on day one. So that worked well. Uh, either way, it's going to be pretty much, uh, drinking from the fire hydrant because there's just so much to learn and try and pick up on so quickly. So I think that's definitely, um, a big challenge and a good piece of advice, Ryan, if folks can, if they're in a situation where they can make that work. Um, and you're right on about we didn't have any sort of formal sales training. We had, here's our product, here's our services, uh, here's some things that we've tried and had okay success with in some cases, and we've really struggled with in other cases. So why don't you go figure out how to do this? Um, and we can get into a little bit more as we get into this episode what that looked like. But Ryan, in addition to what we put you through, which we'll describe a little bit later, um, what were the what resources did you use? How did you get up to speed? Because you did pick up on this stuff really, really quickly. Yeah, so a lot of it for us and probably for most agencies out there, they're gonna rely on the salespeople to be be self-taught in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, for you guys, you had such a deep knowledge base and I was just scratching the surface of it. So I really had to commit some time outside of, you know, being on calls with you guys and doing things just to fully grasp not just what does Guava Box do, what is Guava Box's process, but what is this thing called inbound marketing? What what does it all mean and how does it all play together? How does HubSpot fit in? How do, you know, all these different marketing automation platforms, how do they fit into here? You know, what are people doing? What is the success? And how is this different from other forms of marketing? Because my perception of marketing, you know, growing up, my dad uh, owns a, a, a fairly large, I guess, um, uh, chain of restaurants up in Rochester, New York. And he always hated having marketing people come in. And I, he used to tell me this when I was growing up. And so, and he used to hate it because you just couldn't ever really tell 
where those marketing dollars were going, what the return on investment was and things like that. So he just really like hated marketing. So when you guys start talking about inbound marketing and the different methodology and being able to track some of this stuff and really show value, it immediately piqued my interest because, you know, having that background of, you know, a lot of this outbound marketing is really tough to, to track and a tough sell. With inbound, you kind of negate some of those things. I thought, you know, that that this was something I, I really wanted to get into. So what I did is I started going to a few different resources for help. Uh, inbound.org, uh, which I think, was it Darmesh and Brian? Did they start that from HubSpot? Yeah, Darmesh was a part of it and did it uh, along with Rand Fishkin from Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Rand got in on that. Yeah. So that was really helpful. Uh, and for those of you that aren't involved on inbound.org, you can create a profile and get set up on there. Uh, that's really useful, not only just for people who are new to inbound, but they have a lot of good content for uh, agency owners kind of going through things together. But that was something that I got involved with. I started posting on there and asking for help with different things and just reading through these articles that people would post about what inbound is, how, how it works, what the process is, working with clients and things like that. And from there, not only did it educate me, but it kind of helped get some ideas that I could gather and bring back to our own agency. Hey, like, what are we doing? You know, how, do, how are you and Andrew you know, handling this aspect of the business? And I think that probably helped you guys to think through a couple of things as well. But uh, some other resources, uh, the HubSpot blog, um, they have a sales blog on there, which is incredibly useful for me. Uh, and that's really geared towards people who are trying to sell retainers um, and you know, a lot of the HubSpot partner agencies and things like that. Uh, that's been a really good resource for me. Um, and then just, I mean, honestly, you know, Google, uh, I would just, anytime I had a question about, uh, inbound marketing as a whole or how to sell it and things like that, I would try to go to Google and, uh, and use it to, to find some information. But really if you're new to inbound marketing and if you're bringing in someone that, uh, maybe comes from a different industry in inbound marketing, they, they just need to be a sponge and they need to be willing to have some level of, you know, um, fire inside of them and passion to learn this stuff on their own and be self-taught because if they can do that it's going to really really accelerate their ability to learn it and and i think it's important too gray that i didn't just learn the guava box methodology of things i tried to learn you know from other agencies and i would go to you know uh different agencies out there that were some of the larger hubspot partners and download some of their ebooks and just read through them to kind of see how other agencies were doing things and if you can do that it gives you a more holistic i think idea of you know uh what inbound is how it helps how it works and when you start to fundamentally understand that when i i remember and this was the gauge of it for me when i first started talking about leaving my job and going over, I would talk with my family about it, and they would be like, so what's inbound marketing? And I kind of struggled to answer the question you know, when I was part-time and thinking about it. But people would continually ask me over and over again, what is inbound marketing? How does it work? And just understanding it to the point where I could speak it intelligently to someone who has no framework of it, that was really a good gauge for me. Where am I at in my understanding of, of this, what this is and how this works? So, Yeah. Absolutely, Ryan. One of the things that I was just uh, kind of laughing at myself, as you mentioned, Google, and I haven't thought about this before, but inbound could possibly be the best industry to transition to if you are a salesperson. I mean, from from any other industry, because the whole industry is built around being found and sharing and education. And so, if you're trying to learn a new industry, 
Um, but what better industry to go to than the one that specializes in figuring out how to show up first on Google and uh, be found by the people who are looking for answers? So this really is, um, there are a lot of answers out there if you're willing to put in the work and try to be a sponge like you mentioned. So um, I think that's uh, that's a helpful overview for folks and also some resources for where you could point people to if you're bringing on a new salesperson or if you are that new salesperson. Um, Ryan, I want to dig into kind of the practicality of what the process looked like from uh, you first coming on board with Guava Box to that time when you held an, an IMA, an email marketing assessment, that first call on your own. What did that process look like? Yeah, so what I did is I kind of modeled from my Ryan Holmes training the same type of methodology, which which translated really well because we didn't have a real formal sales you know process in place. But what they would do is they would part, partner with you with an experienced sales rep. And as the meeting, as you sat through these meetings and the process really was, you know, someone come in looking to buy a new home and they weren't sure about building or resale and things like that. And then you would have to sit there, uncover their needs, really dive into what specifically their pains were, what they were looking for, why they wanted to move, and then start to talk about solutions and stuff with them. And, and so that's really how I learned and how they have you learn. And so it, it was nice because as there were sales calls and things and inbound marketing assessments that were being done for us, uh, you, Andrew, Ben would all you know primarily handle these and I could just sit in, listen in, uh, you know, through the headphones or on speakerphone there and listen to what are some of these questions that you guys dig in. And sales is nice because fundamentally it, it's all the same, right? So you're uncovering needs, uncovering pains, and then going, you know, and trying to uh, provide solutions. And the process though, the que- the questions that you need to ask are what change and what's different and your understanding of it. And so what I did is I started just listening in in the beginning, didn't say a single word. Uh, and I would just listen into what do these conversations look like? What are some common questions that are being asked? What are some common pains that I'm seeing? And I would take those, write those down and then go back and either ask you guys, how do we address those? But then also ask, you know, Google, <laughs> how, how does the rest of the mar- or inbound agencies and, and things address those questions? And eventually we got to the point where, okay, my, my understanding is good. There's going to be questions that I, that I might not be able to field on my own. So what we did was I would come in, I would open up the conversation. I would try to have these conversations and, uh, and you guys would be there on the call as well to, if I ever got stuck, if there was uh, some really tough questions being asked, you would be there to be able to handle those as well. So it was kind of, you know, both of us together going through there. And as I continued to pick it up, eventually that transitioned right into me handling these calls on my own. You know, I think as a salesperson, you know, a lot of times you get a lot of challenging questions and the worst thing to do is to try to make something up or make it kind of seem like you know what you're talking about. But I think people can really detect when you when you don't know what it is that you're talking about. So uh, I had to in the beginning, you know, whether I liked it or not, just say, you know, that's an excellent question. I don't have an answer for you right now on that. Uh, but let me get back to you with with the correct answer. Um, and people, I think, appreciated that. So even though I didn't feel as confident myself sometimes, you know, having that as a default, which you don't want to use too much because then you really don't seem like you know what you're talking about at all. But by that point, when I started to handle these on my own, it really got to uh, to the point where where that was becoming more and more rare. Um, so that was really the process that I enjoyed going through to get myself, uh, you know, ready to to handle those calls on my own. 
Ryan, let me ask a follow-up question. What was that period of time between coming in full-time to Guava Box and taking those calls on your own? Uh, are you saying like when I was part-time and things like that, what was the total amount of time that lapsed? Uh, no, just from coming in from, from where you started full-time with Guava Box to the point where you were comfortable taking those calls um, without having Andrew or I on the call with you. Um, what was that timeline? Yeah, so... It partially depended on the call. Uh, I still, you know, today with some of the web development things and stuff, if it was a kind of a heavy-duty website call, that one took a little bit more more time because there was uh, kind of two sides to learn there. But I would say, I don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily you can break it down into a period of time as much as a number of calls. And I guess I haven't thought through exactly how many calls that would be, but it would be quite a few. And I think it's frustrating as a salesperson because you want to be self-sufficient and self-reliant you know, on yourself uh, in the beginning, right off the bat. And it's really a humbling experience changing industries because you know when I was in home sales, I, I knew it all and I had it down. And it was very rare that someone would stop me on some questions. And I just loved like having all that knowledge and all that power. And coming over here, it was like, I have no idea <laughs> how to do this. And I needed you guys to help me so many times. So I would say it took me really a solid month uh, probably to go through that transition. And even still, it's not, you know, it's not always perfect. And there's going to be questions that I don't have an answer to. So it's kind of a continual process. I don't think it, it really is like, you know, if you do this for four weeks, then, then you got it. And I think everyone probably goes at different rates in learning. And it's really how much time are they willing to invest? Uh, and how efficient are they at researching, you know, what they need to know, uh, and diligent about writing down the questions that they need to get answers to during those calls. It's, in my opinion, it's that that beginning portion where you're listening and observing that is really going to dictate how long that's going to take for you to get to the point of being on your own quick enough. It's making sure that you're writing down all those questions and getting the answers uh, that that makes or breaks that that process. Absolutely, yeah, that's uh, that's helpful. And I think that that saying like how many calls have you been on rather than just what's this period of time look like? Cause that's going to vary wildly. And also the complexity of what you do. So if you're working at an agency where you're only selling inbound marketing retainers and maybe you don't even do any of the technical work, um, you know, that might simplify things versus guava box. We're doing a lot of, uh, you know, ongoing retainer work in partnerships with clients, but we also are still doing a lot of projects on the front end of those. And so the technical details there do get tricky. So, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to give like a, a specific number one, because I, I never counted it to document it, to know what that number is. But I do think that people learn at different paces and stuff. And I don't want to say, you know, if someone hasn't picked this up in a month, they're not going to be good. Uh, because I don't think that's true either. I think that you need to understand and have some metrics figured out of, you know, you're going to be able to kind of tell, is this, is this person picking it up? Are they getting it? And if they're not kind of address those issues, but I don't think that there's like a magical number of, Hey, once you do 10 calls that you listen to, then you do 10 that you, you know, are kind of half, uh, you know, talking half the time. And then some, the next 10, you, you're good to go on your own. I think it's going to vary per person, but also, like you said, the complexity of what you're offering as an agency is probably going to have a big factor in that as well. Yep, Definitely. Um, Ryan, you want to, let's dig into real quickly. Um, and I can kind of headline this and then I'd love to hear any feedback that you have, but, um, as an agency owner or someone who's bringing in a salesperson, I want to talk about what it looks like to help get, um, that person up to speed. And so Ryan, I have a couple of ideas that I want to share and then, uh, we'll love to hear any feedback, whether you think I'm right on from the salesperson's perspective, 
or uh, things that you might add or tweak from there. Okay, sounds good. So um, I guess the first thing, just from our from our experience, I think that there's a fine line between uh, empowering someone to go do sales activity on their own and enabling them to continue to be dependent on you. And so we are fortunate in that, Ryan, you've wanted to be self-sufficient. And I think that a lot of salespeople have that uh, characteristic. But knowing where the line is between I need to be on this call and I need to, I think it's very important that you're willing to support, you know, going into hiring a salesperson that there's going to be a lot of time supporting that person, helping them wrap their head around um, the answers. But where's the line between um, pushing them, gently pushing them to be self-sufficient, not uh, not verbalizing all the answers, but allowing them to look for the answers themselves in some cases um, and letting them take some calls? How, how do you let them fail in some cases and then in other cases decide to, you know, to be on the call? And or to be on the call and be more active versus sitting back. And that has been something that's been a challenge. And I think that it is a fine line. I don't have a clear cut answer, um, but I do have some things that maybe um, that I think could could be helpful and have been helpful for us. And so a couple of the things that I would say um, is the power of I think that guidelines can be helpful. And so to, to lay out guidelines for our team saying, hey, in this situation, you have the freedom to make decisions, um, and you could you could tailor this in any number of places. It could be around timeline, it could be around project scope, it could be around price. So let's say it's a game plan. Hey, you are always free to sell a game plan with a um, you know with a twenty percent discount to close that game plan. You're always free to use a money back guarantee to close it if you feel like you need to. You're always free to commit to a uh, three-week turnaround process as long as these things aren't already in the pipeline. Um, so those types of guidelines, um, I think, can be really helpful to help empower the salesperson so they have some clear-cut boundaries. Okay, here's a decision. I don't constantly need to be going back and forth because I know if I need these three things to change in order to close a deal, I can do that. Or if I need... Uh, you know, when it comes to timeline, hey, on a website project, a website project for us is typically six to 12 weeks. If someone asks for, uh, for a five week turnaround, that's within your guidelines. If there's not, uh, if you go to go into the do inbound portal and don't see, um, you know, this many active campaigns or deliverables, um, you can commit to this kicking off within the next two weeks and finishing up in five weeks. But four weeks is something that we need to have a conversation about. Those types of guidelines, um, I think can be helpful for sure. So that is, uh, that's one thing I think jumping on calls and being willing to give feedback. Um, you have to make yourself available if you're going to make the commitment and bring somebody in, you're committed to their success as well. And then a couple of things that maybe are, uh, less about the fine line and just more about the training is, um, I think it, it takes discipline and self-awareness again to uh, to not pass on your bad habits. So I know that I personally had plenty of bad habits when it came to the sales side and don't prospect consistently. That's always been a struggle. Um, follow-up, uh, I do follow-up uh, probably you know decently, but not, uh, so maybe average, but that's not an exceptional strength in terms of follow-up. So um, at what points do you... Uh, say this is how we do things right now and then just making sure to delineate 
this is something that we do poorly right now and I don't have a good system. So then how can I help you find the resources to have a good system? And so I would also recommend use the resources that are available to you. So for us, the very first thing we put Ryan through was inbound certification from HubSpot. Um, he absolutely needed to know that. And it was better if he went through HubSpot's program to learn it than me trying to sit down and explain it to him. Uh, same thing if you're a HubSpot partner agency and you have, um, you've got a channel account manager, someone who's willing to spend some time on the phone, um, going through whether it's sitting in on IMAs or discovery calls or going through maybe prospecting together and what that process looks like. Use someone who's seen other agencies, um, use some sales resources out there and understand in those situations who you're entrusting your salesperson to and how that's going to affect the way that they develop as a salesperson. So those are a couple of the general, uh, things that, that we learned. And, um, Ryan, I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on any of that, anything you add or revise from what I said. Yeah. So I have a few thoughts, uh, from kind of my side of things. Uh, and so the first one I'll go back to when you were talking about the process of when is it okay for people to just start taking calls on their own? What is like, I don't know what the result's going to be. And so this is something that I can actually relate to both sides of. And when I was working at Ryan Homes and selling houses, I had a trainee uh, that I had for, she was with me for the last probably six or seven months I was there. Uh, And that's about as long as the uh, sales training cycle is for Ryan Homes. So I kind of knew towards the end of that that I was, you know, training my replacement. Uh, but in the meantime, her and I, uh, she would be seeing the people that I was, uh, you know, going to be selling homes to and kind of holding some of these appointments on her own. And really, uh, what I wanted to do with my trainee was get her to a point where she could sell on her own because then it would take some work off of my plate, you know, and I would get compensated as a result from that. But in the time that there starting to it's starting to click but it's maybe not quite there and you know that you could maybe do it better than they could it's a tricky time and i think gray as an agency owner the parallel is you have a new salesperson coming in and they're getting to the point where they're ready to start holding some calls on their own but you're not sure if they're going to have all the answers if they're going to be able to actually close the deal because you don't know where they kind of are in the process of being educated and things like that and it's it's sometimes uh, difficult to relinquish some of that control and not want to micromanage that situation. But from a salesperson's perspective, it's not always super comfortable for us, but it's a necessary step. So I think as an agency owner, you need to sit back and say, you know what, I might lose a couple of deals because I'm giving them the ability to just try to close this on their own. And I might be able to, through my knowledge and my abilities, get that deal closed. But by making that decision to hold their hand that much longer and, and, and help them close that, you've taken some of the empowerment that they gain from that away from closing the deal on their own and some of the confidence that comes with that and delayed their process of, uh, of training you know, through that. And so I think that you need to be of the mindset that, you know what, I don't know if they're quite ready, but I'm going to give them a shot. And if I lose this retainer, if I lose this business – in, in the long run, this is going to benefit us and it's going to make more business for us almost as an investment kind of upfront. So where that boundary is, you kind of need to feel out with where the salesperson's at. But I think it's a tendency of owners and agency owners to relinquish that ability too late as opposed to too early. 
Uh, and you're, the salesperson needs to be of the mindset that, hey, I'm just going to dive into this and I'm going to give it my all. And if I, I don't close that deal, it, there's, there's always a, ne- a next opportunity. Um, so I would say I'd actually encourage that that transition and that process to happen sooner rather than later because I think it's the tendency for it to happen later rather than sooner overall. And I can say that from me having a trainee and having to deal with that from that side and then also great with transitioning to Guava Box and going through that myself, um, you know, just kind of kind of getting thrown into it is, is probably the best way and seems to be at least for me the best way and, and a lot of my colleagues uh, who are working in sales at Reinhome, similar, similar sort of deal. Yep. Um, jump into when you were talking about giving guidelines. Uh, this is just a really nice form of empowerment. Uh, the worst case scenario is you, someone's trying to sell something, but no, they can't handle any of the negotiations. Uh, and really my tactic as a salesperson always is to have the least amount of negotiations possible, kind of stick to your guns and really show people, hey, I'm giving you the best value up front. I'm not giving you an okay value and then we're going to haggle down to being a great value. But having the power in certain situations to say, I know what my limits are and it's not just one number. It's not just one thing. I can work with this because it would really slow up the process if I had to come to you or come to Andrew to get your approval every time I wanted to sell something, whether that was a time frame, And it's not just money. It can be time frames. You know, it can be a variety of different things. But having you know those things figured out ahead of time, here are your ranges, here's your guidelines, and this is what you can do makes it so that the person that's buying from you feels like they're talking with the decision maker. It's not, hey, you need to talk with me to, and I'm the gatekeeper to our co-founders who are ultimately going to actually you know, pr- give you the service or, or come to terms on you know, some deal for you. Everything can be done through me. So empowering your salespeople that way I think is really uh, important. And then the last thing that you talked about with the hub, being a HubSpot partner, uh, that for me – uh, really gave me a solid framework going through HubSpot's partner certification and those resources. That was a really good starting point to say, this is what Inbound's about. Here's some videos and some tests for me to go through. So that's where I started. Uh, I began with that, and then I went and explored some more specific things on my own through Inbound.org uh, and you know Google in different areas and HubSpot's blog uh, after that. And I would say that, that that was something that was helpful. So if you know, if you're a HubSpot partner, have your salespeople get certified. You know, if you are working with, uh, you know, someone that's not HubSpot, but, you know, act on or something like that, if they have any of those courses, take advantage of those things uh, because those are really going to help, you know, kind of set the stage and, and put the, uh, kick things off on the right foot. So, yeah, good stuff, Ryan. Well, hey, we would be very interested in, uh, in hearing about how other agency owners and salespeople have gone through this process and what you guys have learned. Um, so if you have any feedback on that, uh, send it our way, leave a comment and the, uh, on the show notes for this episode, you can find all the show notes at doinbound.com slash inbound sales journey, um, which is where this episode is going to go up. And you're also always welcome to email us. Uh, Ryan is Ryan at doinbound.com and I'm gray at doinbound.com. As always appreciate you listening. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, we would definitely appreciate it if you also left us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the word about the show out, help us get found more often, which is the core of Inbound, obviously. Um, and so that would be appreciated from us. And we will wrap things up for this episode. We'll see you guys back next time for episode number six of Inbound Sales Journey. Thanks for listening. <laughs>